How can I get my wife back? She's a Christian and so am I, but I have not been the sort of man that I know I should be. She left me. I'll do anything to get her back. Well, that sort of statement, that kind of plea, is something that every Christian counselor hears day after day, week after week. But it's the last sentence in that comment that frightens me. I'll do anything to get her back. You see, that's an agenda problem that has to be dealt with. And it's that very attitude, and it's that very approach to life that probably has led to many of the problems between this husband and wife. When we take people into our counseling center, we have a personal data inventory, as we call it, in which we gather various facts about the situation and about the individuals involved. After having gathered a lot of uh, routine data, we have a second sheet that I've mentioned on these broadcasts before. And that second sheet has several questions that we ask people to answer in their own words. The first question is, what is your problem? Of course, that's a very vital and important question for people to answer. We want to know what they see to be their problem. And very frequently, incidentally, quite contrary to what may, most people think, that question is answered very meaningfully, and it is often right on target. Uh, people very, know very much more about their problems than some of the psychologists and psychiatrists would admit. At any rate, uh, the second question is, after asking what is your problem, what have you done about it? We've mentioned that question in particular before when we were talking about the one answer that seems to occur more than any other, namely, pray. I've prayed about it. But then the third question gets at agenda problems, and it's a very important question. It's the question, what do you want us to do about your problem? So what is your problem? What have you done about it? What do you expect us to do about it? All three of these questions, incidentally, are a summary of the kinds of questions that Jesus asked people who came to him and that the apostles asked when they talked to people in the, in the book of Acts. You remember this third question, how Jesus often said, what wilt thou have me to do? Here was this issue that we're raising with counselees who come, the issue of the agenda. What does he want done? And you see, that's the problem with this man's question. He says he wants to get back with his wife. That's fine. That's commendable. We understand his uh, desire. He's also willing to admit that he hasn't been the kind of man that he ought to have been as a Christian or as a father or as a husband, presumably. And that's fine if he's really, truly repentant and if he's willing to change his life in accordance with the word of God. But notice that last word, I'll do anything to get her back. Now therein lies a serious problem. You see, you cannot do anything and expect that God will answer. You can't do just anything and expect to please God. Indeed, you must do what God says to do about your life, and about this problem, whether your wife comes back or not. And therein lies the real solution to this whole problem. It's a matter of agenda priorities. It's a matter of who you really want to please most, yourself or God. You see, a man who says, I'll do anything to get my wife back, is really more concerned about himself than he is about God. 
and that's been one of his problems through the years. He says, I'll do anything. He probably means it. Most people who talk that way have tried all sorts of things, many wrong things they've tried, threatening, they've tried trying to make others jealous, they've tried a, a variety of wrong things to get their wives back. And now they're willing to try anything you tell them, whether it's right or wrong, it really doesn't matter so much so long as it's effective. It's a very pragmatic, selfish approach to the problem. <clears throat> the Christian, you see, can't settle for that approach. He must do what God says to do about the problem and what God says to do to get the wife back, whether she comes or not. In other words, his first priority must be not to get his wife back, but his first priority must be to please God in this situation. And you see, if he makes that his ultimate priority, to do what God wants him to do, to really please God in the problem, to really please God in this situation, then even if the wife doesn't come back, he will have achieved his basic and most fundamental goal. He would have reached his basic priority. He would have uh, succeeded in doing the thing that's most important, namely pleasing God in this situation. <clears throat> and so a vital choice at this point comes to a person who talks this way. He really can be made to see that at this crucial point in his life, a tremendous change in him can take place. He can repent of his sin, which is the place that he needs to begin. And he can then change his life in accordance with the word of God. Here is a, a course for him to pursue. First, he should seek God's forgiveness. He should look at his whole life and see where he has failed. He should look at his life and see what he has done wrong about trying to solve the problem with his wife. The whole business should be brought before God in confession and should be brought before him seeking that God will cleanse him from all of these things. Secondly, he should go to his wife and seek her forgiveness. And whether she grants forgiveness or not, this should be his desire, that he really rights the wrongs with her and expresses this to her. Next, he should be willing to change in accordance with the word of God and seek to do those things that the word of God says that will make a difference in his life. Then he should seek counseling with his pastor. He should try to get his wife to go to that pastor along with him to help put this marriage back together again. And finally, if she refuses all the way down the line after he has done all the things that God requires of him to do, then Matthew 18 comes into play where it says if your brother sins, and of course his wife did when she left him, if they're both Christians, she should not have left him. Nevertheless, uh, if she sins, that is, if she continues to stay away from him, then he's to go and reprove her in private. She listens to him. They've, he's won her, and the two of them can be reconciled in their marriage. But if she refuses to listen to him, verse 16 of Matthew 18 says that he's to take one or two with him, and that she, he's to confront her, and they become arbiters or counselors seeking to bring them back together again. But if she still refuses to hear them, then they turn into witnesses, and then he pushes the matter before the church in an official way. He's to tell it to the church, and then the church will bring her in for a discussion of this matter of reconciliation, and hopefully, either at the first step or the second step, or perhaps even at this third step, she will then begin to listen to the, to the authority of Christ as it's vested in his church and, 
and this discipline will bring them back together in, in reconciliation one to another. But even then, if she refuses to listen, a fourth thing may be done. Then she may be excommunicated from that church, not in order to get rid of her, but still in order to bring her to repentance like that man in 1 Corinthians who was ousted and then in 2 Corinthians was returned and received back in love because of the repentance that this very excommunication brought into his life. Hopefully in most instances, it, the process does not have to go that far. For if a person, person really follows Matthew 18, usually in the first or second step, reconciliation is effected. Lord, help us to put the priorities where they belong. Help us to seek to do what you want us to do rather than what we want for ourselves. Help us to choose Christ in making our decisions and to put him first in all things. For we pray for his honor and glory in his name. Amen.